Welcome, Bears fans, to another edition of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're here to cry about Fields. No, just kidding. He'll be okay, don't you think? I think so. So, uh, give him the stuff. Yeah, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore Scat. Thanks for tuning in for another week. We're recording a little bit early this week because of uh, Thanksgiving and because we'll just be not available on Thursday, which is <laughs> when we normally record. So you're getting our reactions a little early this time around. Unfortunately, nothing great to react to. Not a whole lot. Another bad Bears loss. Uh, offense looked okay. Uh, obviously, the biggest concern for everybody is the injury to Justin Fields, which we don't know too much about yet. Eberflus came out today and basically said a whole lot of nothing, so mm-hmm. we'll see how that develops as the week goes on. I think the Bears have to officially declare his status on Wednesday, so certainly something to keep an eye on, but I mean, yeah, it's just another week, kind of more of the same, really, just another winnable game that the Bears didn't win, and you know, they're 3-8 and eight now, and I think if at the start of the year you had said that the Bears would be three and eight, none of us would have really been surprised. But it's felt a little bit better than that, and obviously that's because of the quarterback. But uh, not really a great performance by the offense in general this week, and obviously with the injury, you know, there's a bit of uncertainty going forward. So I guess that's probably the best place to start. Is just you know, what was your reaction to the offensive performance? Well, I, I thought that the offense played okay uh, in the first half, other than, um, you know, having to settle uh, for the 56-yard field goal, which yeah. came, what, two feet short. Um, you know, though, it's still right on target. <laughs> practically hit the cross mark, you know. Yeah, he just didn't have the leg on it, unfortunately. Just, just a little bit short. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to certain, I'm certainly not going to feel bad about, uh, Santos, but the, the, the bad part about that whole thing was that they decide to go ahead and kick the field goal. Um, you know, it's, it's a very long one and they end up in a six point swing because then the offense for Atlanta comes out. And puts themselves in position to to kick a forty yarder. Yeah. So um, while in this game, at this point, you know, this is these games are more for the players to be in real games, gain experience, so we can figure out what players are going to be signed for the next two to three seasons. It's still that's the kind of play that could win or lose you a championship. Well, yeah, and part of this is that the coaching staff is learning, but you would have liked to have just seen a little bit more, I guess, situational awareness there. Yeah. So, obviously, they they should have a pretty good idea for for, for what the range of the kicker is, especially when you're kicking in a dome where wind and the weather isn't an issue. You should have a – you should understand how – um far out santos can hit one from and you know it's not like it was five yards short he missed by a couple of feet like you said he hit the crossbar so it's possible that he was hitting from there in warm-ups maybe he just mishit it ever so slightly we don't know but when you miss a field goal from there with time still on the clock then the 
offense just has to get what two first downs and yep. then they're in field goal range, right? And yeah. They, and against this defense, I mean, anybody can get two first downs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. So um, I read uh, that uh, Santos said that uh, like fifty eight is his limit. Yeah. And it has to be perfect. perfect yeah. Right. So you know, t- stripping two yards off that is not a big deal. Uh, I mean. That's pretty much he's saying when you're going beyond 55, it's really pushing it. Yeah. Right. And I think I think the better choice there, while it was perfectly on target, is probably better to go and punt the ball away, pin them deep. Uh, we do like Gill, our, our new punter, a lot, and then that way uh, we could go into the half still up three. Yeah, and getting the ball. Yeah, I, I would have preferred the punt as well there. Um, we'll see how they handle it next time. I mean, Iberflus is doing this all for the first time, and I think that he tends to be more on the conservative side. So actually, the fact that he kicked the field goal was a little bit surprising to me. And obviously, it didn't go the Bears' way. So we'll see. How, we'll, we'll watch that play out. I mean, it's it's a small thing, and especially in a season that's kind of a lost season anyway in terms right. of wins or losses. It's not the end of the world, but we are still evaluating this coaching staff because, like you said, those in-game decisions will become more critical beginning next year when the Bears will have higher expectations. Um, the other thing that just happened in the first half that just sucked was that uh, missed deep ball to Mooney. Yep. And I don't know. I I've heard conflicting evaluations of that, whether it was Fields fault or whether it was Mooney's fault. I don't know, but it was, it was both. You just got to hit that. It's not one or the other. It's both. You got to You got to hit it. I watched that play today, probably five times. And for one thing, uh, Fields, uh, throws that ball out of the pocket Feet set, mm-hmm. and I, I mean it's a perfect ball. Couldn't have lined it up any better. Couldn't have lined it up any better. It's you know one one yard far, yeah. maybe a yard and a half far. Now, so I don't know whether to me it almost seemed like Mooney might have slowed up just a oh, hair. Um, you know, part of this may be that. Uh, while they've worked together to get chemistry in the offseason, it's still a very much a work in progress during game time. And I kind of felt like maybe he slowed up just a hair and Fields overthrew the ball. He put a little too much power into it. He's got a, st- he's got a strong arm. Yeah. Uh, it, and, you know... There you go. I was just thinking maybe they uh, weren't used to a play developing that well. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe it was some of that. It, too. Was, it was it was well blocked, and Mooney just absolutely <laughs> burned the guy and was wide open. It's kind of like in basketball when you see a guy that's just wide open from three, and just nobody's even <laughs> running at him. He's that wide open, and he always misses that. Right? So I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. It might have just been a bad throw. It might have been just the timing was slightly off. We we don't know. It the whole thing with Fields and with any quarterback really. Good quarterbacks miss throws all the time. Yep. I, I think that when we are evaluating young quarterbacks, we tend to just overly scrutinize every single miss. 
because there's going to be misses. Watch watch Brady, watch Rodgers, watch Josh Allen, whoever whoever you want to bring up. Perfect games just don't happen, or they're very, very rare, right? So not the end of the world, but one that you like to hit. And then, yeah, I mean, the second half, obviously, the Bears allow the rest of that lead to collapse. And then, obviously, the last play, or sorry, the last offensive drive was when Fields got hurt. And then I thought that was the biggest uh-oh moment from the coaching staff because right. he, he clearly got injured on the first play and they kept running their offense they didn't call timeout they didn't yep. try to you know keep him away from taking more hits and they you definitely could tell that things were off on that last drive the 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 gist of it that i got today was that they felt like they would run him back to the line and grab that first down um I don't know it when it comes down to it I think that uh you know we do have a young new play caller and I think he would prefer to have those couple of plays back Mm -hmm. Uh, you know this is the stuff that they need to be learning this stuff now they need to be making the mistakes now because next year you've said it this is it's a whole Different ball game. We're we're gonna as fans be expecting results. Okay, twenty twenty two is about taking lumps. That happened. Now twenty twenty three, it's about contending for the division. Yeah. And so you want to see that now. At the same time, you and I were talking about just last week about maybe uh, Getsy, you know, getting a, a, a new coaching position. I think these are the kind of things that teams are gonna see and go. He's he's what we want, but he's not seasoned enough yet. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm really interested to see how that develops because over the last couple of years, we've seen coaches get jobs that clearly aren't qualified, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you look at the most glaring example this year, and that's Denver with somebody that Aaron Rodgers said a nice thing about him once, and all of a sudden he gets a head coaching job. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Jeff Saturday was a pretty big. <laughs> Jeff Saturday is a weird one. I mean, Zach Taylor was Sean McVay's quarterback coach. Now, obviously, he went to a Super Bowl, but I still think he's a dope. Um, Lafleur had basically one year calling plays for the Titans, and he got the job in Green Bay. So weird things happen. You know, it remains to be seen whether Getsy's done enough, but obviously, he was getting interviewed for jobs even before this year so it'll be interesting to see I I can't predict one way or another I mean it'll depend in large part about what jobs are even open right I mean right whether or not he wants to take the jobs that are open I mean do you want to go do you want to go coach in Indianapolis right now I mean (laughs) I I I sure wouldn't if if that's going to be your one opportunity but we'll, we'll see how it plays out but like you said, he's definitely still learning. There's a lot of people on the offense that are still learning, and I think that was a pretty critical mistake that, like you said, they want to have back, especially because it seemed like they kind of put the health of the quarterback in jeopardy. Right. And I, I don't know what play he actually got injured on, but it, it sure looked like the first play he got dinged up, and, and then they kept running the plays the same, the same way. That just seemed like communication broke down somehow. So – uh, that's another thing, is that that first play that he got hurt on, he wasn't supposed to be carrying the ball there. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. It came out that actually Montgomery was supposed to have that have the ball. Um, there was a miscommunication on the exchange, so Fields 
uh, kept the ball and, you know, then got hit. Um, so, you know, broken play. Uh, they were trying to make something happen. Uh, you know, the D back, if that's what he was, or safety, um, you know, kind of got a heavy lick in. Uh you know, of, course, there, I was, of course, Justin Fields didn't get the call. No, and you know there was um, there was a few of those uh, when I was rewatching the game today. There is definitely a few of them in there that uh, that they got away with, and um, Mariota had a couple of them that were called for him that were that were pretty iffy. But yeah, I mean, you know, it was funny because I thought, well, the officiating is not great in this game, but. Compared to the last two <laughs> games, it's amazing. <laughs> it's been better. Yeah, I mean, it, and I actually heard today that some of Justin uh, Fields' teammates came out and basically said that exact same thing. It's, why is Mariota getting these calls when our quarterback can't? And it's not just this game. Fields hasn't gotten any calls all year, I don't think, really, when he's been hit late. And it just doesn't make any sense why, like, why if you're going to protect the quarterback, who cares about protecting Marcus Mariota? Right. It's not like he's a star <laughs> quarterback in the league anymore. I mean, he's just some random guy that's killing time on the Falcons while they're rebuilding. You'd think that if the league was prioritizing quarterback safety, they'd want to protect one of the young, young national stars. Yeah, one, yeah, that's been a national news story for the last month, which, by the way, I'm just seeing right now this tweet from Rappaport who said that it's a shoulder dislocation, which... Oh, crap. We'll see how long that lasts. Rappaport said day-to-day. I I think it's pretty safe to say that Field's probably not playing this week. No. Uh, Probably not playing... uh, Next week. Next week either. And then we'll go to the bye. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That's fine. Uh, You know, we... um, the, The coaching staff and the management has already accomplished what they wanted to. And that's... They wanted to see if... If Fields could be the on-field leader, uh, if he could make the uh, not just the spectacular plays, but the more uh, you know, not run of the mill, but your standard operating procedure for <laughs> running in the offense, yeah, and um, you know, and and also make calls on the fly, and he's done all of those things, like a plus, yeah, so. And you know, even though we're we're talking about um, the passing game here, there was still some very good things that happened in the passing game. I mean, um, that the pass and catch to Komet. Yeah, how about I that? mean, holy, holy moly, Komet is like a weapon now. We, um, we gotta we gotta drop the Cole Shaheen bit. Yeah, he that's it, it, that's that's gone. Yeah. That's that's in the garbage. Yeah, and you know he, he's just been he has been on a new level. I, I think so. Um, in general, the offense has far exceeded my expectations. It hasn't even been that good as a collective unit. It's just that Fields has been so good that they're just able to put up points, even though the protection breaks down a lot and their wide receiver play still hasn't been great. But that's really what you wanted to see, right? You, you, yeah. you, you wanted to see that Fields was the guy to build around. And I think he's convincingly shown that he is. Would you like to see six more games of him so that he could keep developing? Absolutely. But if 
the choices putting him out there while he's injured or letting him heal up and maybe he'll come back later this year maybe not you have to go with option b there because absolutely i don't think that he needs to do any more to prove that he's qb1 going into next year so uh they were talking to montgomery and the very first thing he said was we're gonna miss him Mm -hmm. he He's heart and soul of this team, you know, and of course. Uh, you know, and not having him out there is going to be big. Speaking of Montgomery, that absolute rope to over the oh, shoulder right. to Montgomery, uh, I about fell out of my chair when I watched that, and that was on the run, and he actually threw that while he was jumping, while he's like directing traffic too. He's, it, he's it, pointing it, for another receiver to go somewhere to. I don't know if he's trying to fake out the defense or if it was just trying to get someone else open. And then he saw Montgomery. But yeah, that was that was awesome. It was just it was just the kind of stuff that you that you realize he is capable of. But so one so I, I did take a couple of other notes that I wanted to bring up, and one of them is I don't know whether it's just me. I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me on this though. Why does it seem like every third play somebody is coming unabated? <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's like it it's not it's not even seems like you know one, you know someone when they're like bringing a jailbreak or something. It's just every play. It seems like there's one guy who's just right on laser target for him, and there's nobody there. I watched one of the plays today, and uh, I watched. Um, Showfield, uh, I don't even know who he was blocking. I don't know whether he knew who he was blocking. He's he's not good. He is not good. Uh, And then um, (laughs) in the backfield was uh, Monty, and he went the opposite direction. You know what I mean? It's just like, obviously, the offensive line is a work in progress, but it's just that it seems like it happens a lot. It, the line is, is not good. It, it seems like it's getting worse, uh, especially when this week you didn't even have Tevin Jenkins, who is one of the players on the line that's been respectable. Uh, and, you know, like you said, it's, it's, it's not like the Falcons' defense is really anything to be afraid of normally. So, when Other have, than Grady Jackson. He, Grady, Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett's good, but... Yeah, I mean, just, that guy is a beast. When when even bad defenses are getting pressure on you, and a, a part of that is like just a testament to Fields because he's able to salvage a lot of those plays where the protection breaks down almost immediately because he's so athletic and he's able to avoid those. I mean, if we're seeing Trevor Simeon, then it's gonna be uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna really really showcase how important Fields was to this offense because. Trevor Simeon's not even that bad. He's like a reasonably good backup quarterback. He should be a reasonably good backup. But you're just not going to be able to see him to – you're not going to be able to see him take these plays that would otherwise be broken and salvage them. He's, no. He, he's, he's not going to be able to evade the pass rush like Fields is able to do. And no one is able to evade the pass rush like Fields does. Like, I mean, and they're going to play the Jets, who are actually like one of the really good defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if Trevor Simeon's leading the offense – I don't know what the realistic expectation can be for... Who's our third string? (laughs) How many points is Trevor Simeon going to put up? And again, that's not even a a knock on Trevor Simeon. It's just... 12? Maybe. (laughs) It's it's just that 
this, this, this offense is, is so bad still. That yeah. So when you've got average quarterback there, it's, it's going to look ugly. Yeah. And I did want to plug in there too. Um, Creston Ebner still needs a lot of work. Oh man. Uh, yeah. lots of, lots of tackles behind the line. Um, there was definitely a few plays that like Schofield, he, is he just wandering around on the field? Um, Monty, uh, I hope that management looked at that game yesterday and said, we need to sign him again. We need to keep him and Herbert together because, yeah. uh, Monty made his, made some money yesterday. He, he 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 was he 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 should have got an extra big bonus for yesterday because he was looking he was looking pretty darn good throughout the whole game. Yeah, I think I think that he's had a nice year. I, I think I think he will be back on a, a pretty reasonable contract. He, he's not good enough to the point where he's gonna set the world on fire in free agency. I don't think. I think he'll I don't be, think so either. I, I think he'll be back at a reasonable deal. Um, so I, I mentioned Tevin Jenkins. It's just weird it, it just it just is it's always weird with him like the fact that he was active and didn't play and then Iberflu said well he said he was healthy enough to be the backup and not healthy enough to start I don't know what any of that means yeah <laughs> you know? what? Like, like what kind of sense does that make like are you healthy enough to play or not and, and if, if not why why are you dressed and I don't know you just may, I'm may, still kind of hurt coach well may, maybe like this is just why the front office just didn't seem excited about him in the first place is that it just seems like he's always got something going on health wise. And maybe the chiefs were one of those teams during the draft process that just didn't even consider him because of his injury red flags. And maybe we've just seen that because when Jenkins has been in there, I think he's been really good, but when you hear undeniable, when, when you hear things like this, where he's just, half injured i guess it, it just <laughs> yeah you know it, it's really bizarre I, I saw um it seems like every time i see a picture of him i think of alonzo spellman <laughs> <laughs> that's not a compliment <laughs> no that's not <laughs> alonzo spellman was crazy person so um i you know uh jenkins is um man he's made to play right guard uh, he is an absolute beast when he's out there, but uh, you know what's the what's the deal? So I read today that uh, Braxton Jones is the only person that's played every snap yeah, in I his believe, spot. I believe that, and you know, to me, that is another big kudos for that kid. Um, I, I I know he has had struggles, but he's also had struggles against some of the best defensive ends in the NFL. Yeah, and you anybody would. That could happen to anyone. He's a rookie. He's he's a rookie, but I have huge hopes for him for next year. I think I think we have found our left tackle, uh, and you know, um, it, it's one spot down, right? It, it it makes it one spot less that we have to fill. I think Cody Whitehair, uh, you know, stays and maintains his spot at left guard. Um, you know, it, it, but the other spots, you know. Lucas Patrick is going to finally come back. Can that guy play? Does does he play? We don't know. Uh, you know, um, you know, Sam Mustafer, uh, you know, he's okay. Uh, I don't know. He's not very good. 
But, um, you know, uh, it looks like he's going to be with the team for a while, at least as a backup. Um, uh, you know, you, you know, then you have your right guard spot, which would, which should be sewn up by Jenkins. If, you had, to, like, if you had to guess, do you think he's back next year, Jenkins? Wow. Um, you know, it's funny because at the beginning of the year, I thought he was gone. Uh, then uh, it looked like he was coming back and he performed so well. Yeah. And then the weirdness started to happen again. I, I right now I would have to say that I'm thirty five percent that he stays. Yeah, I, I'm kinda there with you. And like Iberflus doesn't do his guys any favors either, like when he's explaining this stuff. Like yeah. he could have said, Man, Tevin's injured, but he's a warrior. We didn't have any other option, so he dressed in case we needed him. And I commend him for that. Luckily, we didn't need him. He, but he, that's not what he said. He's like, yeah, I mean, he said he was good enough to be the backup and not good enough to start. So it's like, it, it's kind of, it makes it sound like it's like the player's decision as opposed to like, like, like it, it, it matters to me, like how you frame this stuff sometimes. I and know. Like, you can, I, I don't think Floos is very uh, tactful. No, but it's like, I mean, that, that answer just kind of putting it all on the player just makes it sound like. They weren't very happy with the fact that he wasn't ready to start, right? And maybe, maybe, maybe he's just a football guy that just doesn't think about that stuff, and he's just trying to get through the press conference. I don't know, but man, it's just all year long they haven't really felt. It hasn't felt like they've been impressed with Tevin Jenkins at all, even when he is playing well. You just yeah. wonder if maybe he's done enough that they're just going to finally look to trade him in the off season and maybe see if they can get that fourth round pick that they probably couldn't have gotten preseason. I don't know. It's unfortunate because when you're rebuilding a team, this would have been this. Assuming he does go, like that's another young player with potential that this regime will have shipped out. But if they don't like him, they don't like him, and it just doesn't really seem like they like him that much. Yeah, and you know, uh, but that that is the most important point right there. The most important point is that if if he's not going to be a fit, then now's the time to get rid of him. Yeah, you know, don't. That's the one thing that. Um, it, it's kind of faded into the background because he's not there anymore. But Pace did that. Pace held on to a guy until it was so glaringly obvious that, like, you know, people that didn't watch football were writing into him saying, <laughs> you know, you got to get rid of this guy. Jimmy Graham. I mean, yeah, that's a perfect example. So, but, um, oh, so I wanted to, I wanted to jump over to the other side of the ball real quick, and we're going to talk about the defense. <laughs> now, the reason I wanted to talk about this today was just because I was kind of curious at the where where this was because um, once again we saw, like I said, uh, we saw you know unabated to the quarterback on on field side, but what did we really see on the other side? And this is more about the overall play, so. Um, we did, I noticed in this game, they ran some blitzes and we were really ineffective running, running the blitz. Um, the pass rush is just, it, the, the, the pass rush is terrible. So this is where they are as a team right now. Uh, they're, they have 38 hurries, which is tied for second in the NFL. The Bears do? Yeah. Okay. That's the good news. They have... 13 knockdowns of the quarterback. That's good for 32nd in the NFL. 
Well, and, and this is worse because most teams have had their bye already. <laughs> so the Bears have even played one more game than most teams. Right, <laughs> right. Okay. They have 15 sacks, which is good for 31st in the NFL. I couldn't even, like, guess who has most of those. So, um, you know, and, uh, and they have uh, 66 pressures. And a pressure is a hurry plus a knockdown plus a sack. All of those yeah. combined, which is good for 19.9% or 25th in the NFL. That's yeah, not good. So, yeah, um, and they're tied for 31st in the NFL for total points allowed. But so, um, you know, the reason I bring this up is not to just is not to beat on the Bears, but to point out the fact that, you know, this they're gonna have to piecemeal this out and the other day um you and i talked about this a little bit and ryan and i talked about this a little bit that that first that first pick that we have bears fans a lot of bears fans are going to be thinking that we're going to go and draft a receiver really high and i'm the first person to say that if we have a top five pick Absolutely not. <laughs> Those uh, top five picks to me are reserved for three positions getting after the quarterback, protecting the quarterback, or quarterback. And uh, we will be in position to take one of the top tackles uh, in, in the draft or take one of the top pass rushers in the draft. And right now, both lines do not hold up very well. And, I mean, the defense is just brutal. It is. It, it's you, – you've got to basically completely replace it, right? I mean, at least the front seven. I'm not saying there's nobody in the front seven that could be a piece, but it wouldn't shock me if they have seven new starters in the front seven next year. <laughs> and, you know, that, that doesn't mean that guys like Dominique Robinson or Justin Jones or Jack Sanborn can't still play a role. Right. But – these aren't difference makers that you build your defense around. No. So I think that the Bears will invest more than people are expecting in the defense because the offense just, quite frankly, isn't that bad right now. Right. A lot of that's due to the quarterback. That's, you know, going to be shown very, very clearly over the next couple games, at least, if, if Fields isn't playing. But if you have Fields and you've already got the receivers that you have, I think there's probably less to do on the offense than maybe we would have thought. Yep. Obviously, they need to get better offensive linemen. They need to get more receivers. We know that. But, man, there's nothing really on this defense right now to be excited about if, you're, if, if you're not talking about the secondary. So, yeah, let's say let's say the Bears – you know, let's just use the numbers right now. If the season ended today, I think the Bears would be picking third, you, you said, right? Yeah. We'll see. I mean, there's tiebreakers that go into that. Who knows how many more games the Bears will win. Well, and right behind it, there's like six teams that are right behind There's them. like ten teams with three wins, yeah. including the Bears. There, there's just a, a big bunch of teams at the bottom that right. just all suck. So there, there's plenty of, plenty of... There's plenty of suck. Yeah, there's plenty of bad football out there. But we'll see how that all plays out. But I think right now it's pretty safe to assume Bears will probably be picking in the top five. They'll definitely be picking in the top ten. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me at all if they went and got uh, a pass rusher or a three technique to start building up that defense a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think the defense is going to be 
great next year, but if you have any realistic hopes of winning the division or going to the playoffs, it's got to be a whole lot better than it is right now, and that starts with the front seven because no matter how good your secondary is, there is no way you're going to cover NFL receivers for six, seven seconds because you have no pass rush. Right. So I, I think that is where the Bears will spend a lot of their And actually, money. it's, it's kind of kudos to the secondary right now as that to how well they played with that. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see. I mean, we haven't talked much about the defense this year because it's been so bad and because just the assumption is that most of the guys that are playing out there won't be with the team next year. But, yeah, I mean, if they're picking third – and they've got an opportunity to draft Will Anderson, who's the edge rusher out of Bama, or if they can get the defensive tackle from Georgia, his name's escaping me, or one of these other elite prospects that play on the line. The left tackle from Northwestern? Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's interesting, right? I mean, if, if we think Braxton Jones is going to be the left tackle, you're not drafting a left tackle there, and you're not drafting a right tackle in the first round. So, right. I mean, can I mean... If you think that you've got a Hall of Famer at left tackle, do you draft him anyway and maybe see if Jones can play on the right? I don't know. That's the exciting thing about this offense or this offseason because there is still so much room for improvement on this roster. They can go in pretty much any direction. And honestly, that brings me back to just Fields and whether or not the Bears should even, you know, just shut him down for the rest of the year if he's got a shoulder injury. I mean, as much as you hate to say it, it's probably in everybody's best interest, really, for the Bears to just lose these last six games. It is on his. It is his non-throwing uh, shoulder. It so is. We do have that. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. It means that it's probably not going to be a long-term thing. But right. I mean, if the Bears can somehow find their way to picking second. Because they're not going to pass the Texans. The Texans are just, <laughs> like, abominable. But if the Bears can get that second pick... Again, they're, they're just always awful. Exactly. If the Bears can get that second pick and have Keem... Because we know there's a couple of really good quarterback prospects. There's a bunch of teams that want to take a quarterback. Right. The Texans are going to take one, but that means the Bears will be picking second. They don't need a quarterback. So there's going to be... A bunch of teams that'll trade the farm for that second round pick. And that's how you start building up this roster is if you can start building up additional first later first round picks or second round picks. Like when you start getting into the situation where you've got, you know, four picks in the first two rounds, that's when you really can start accumulating talent quickly. So as much as you want to see the Bears win on game day, I mean, if they were to lose out and more than likely in that scenario, be picking second overall. That's not a bad spot to be in. Oh, and one thing I did want to plug for the defense, though, is they have nine interceptions. Uh, Ten if you if the, if you count the Jack Sanborn one, which I do. Sure. Um, that's actually in the top third of the NFL. Um, so, I mean, when you think about that compared to last year, yeah. that's pretty drastically different, right? So, um you know, that's, uh, I thought that was, uh, you know, a, a, a good thing to uh, read about as far as, as far as the, what their progression has been. And I just love Brisker, man. I mean, I do. He's, he's a beast. Kyler Gordon, I mean, we'll see. He's had good moments. He's had bad moments. He's, you know, he, he has struggled and, um, you know, he, he allowed that, he allowed that touchdown to, to Drake London. Um, but, 
you know, I, I, I want all I want to see out of him, and I think he has done that, is a solid player that is, all, you know, always trying to get around the ball. And he does usually seem to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'm not panicking on him yet. I mean, I think there's been enough flashes, at least. I mean, he did well in this last game against Kyle Pitts, who's a pretty elite talent. So And going to the IR. Did he get hurt? Yeah. Oh, that stinks. He's he's um out for the rest of the year. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice that. I didn't yep. know that. But uh, anyway, I mean, Gordon, I think has, it's been some good. It's been some bad. I, I think that it's certainly not anything to be alarmed about yet. And I think he has improved. And I think that as long as he continue to see improvement, as well as you see the flashes of the potential that made him a second-round pick, I think that you go into the offseason, you hope that the Bears can maybe coach him up a lot over the offseason, and then going into year two, maybe he is actually realizing that potential of that second-round pick. Um, And I think, I mean, other than basically the players in the secondary, that's really all that's worth talking about on the defense for the most part. Yeah, um, and so the other, um, you know, we'll we'll go all the way around the horn. So uh, Jim and I were talking a little bit about special teams, and, you know, They uh, they allow the they kick the ball to um, uh, to Corderell Patterson, which to me was not smart. Uh, I read that uh, Santos was saying, you know, we thought um, if I kicked it good and long and high, we'd be able to get down there and cover it. I watched the I watched the play a couple of times, um, and uh, you know, there's a there's two key spots where we had the opportunity to tackle them. Um, and, uh, actually Patterson, it was interesting after the game because Hicks, uh, our, uh, one of our draft picks from this year, almost chased him down and got him at about like the five yard line. And Patterson actually said, uh, he said, who was that guy? I couldn't believe how fast he was that he almost caught me. And most Bears fans that are listening to this right now are also saying, who, who is that guy? <laughs> so... So, yeah, he's, uh, I think he was a seventh rounder. Yeah, he was um, the last guy the Bears, other than maybe the punter, I can't remember, but he, he was one of the last picks. One of the last picks. But anyway, I mean, it's it's cool to, you know, to, to hear that about. So far, um, I, I have to say, I think overall, this has been a very successful draft uh, for, for polls. I think all of us was, um, you know, happy to see uh, Bayless Jones get the, the long return. Uh, not to mention he had a, a nice run on offense too. Um, I think uh, I, I think you know they're they're slowly integrating him back in again. Uh, I still have a lot of hope for that kid. I do too. I think that if you asked Ryan Poles, he might say, "All right, maybe it was a bit of a reach taking him where we did." Uh, obviously, if they can maybe salvage the last six games of the year for Valus Jones and then maybe have a full off season. Hopefully he's healthy in camp next year. And then maybe he can start producing more. Right. I, I think it's too early to write him off. Although, you know, obviously the first, you know, 10 games of his career were very far from encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the draft overall, I mean, the, the jury's still out on it. Sure. It, it takes time to judge a draft. There aren't any glaring busts yet. Jones is probably the closest to that, but I think you still see the potential there. And, you can't write a guy off after ten games. You just you just can't. Oh, and one of the um, one of the linemen, uh, 
actually got signed by the Rams off our practice squad. Oh, really? One of the sixth-round pick linemen. Um, Zachary Thomas? Yeah, Zachary Thomas. So he, is, he, is he gone? Yeah, he's gone. He got he got taken off the practice squad by uh, by the Rams, to end, which means that you have to put him on the active roster. So, um, you know, uh, that, that, that's – is I think that kind of sh- is actually a, a little bit of a star for a gold star for uh, for for polls there too that you know one of the guys uh, got signed off the off the practice squad uh, but you, um, you'd prefer he was signed by the Bears right right but um, I didn't actually yeah, I missed that but yeah it looks like he's gone that that stinks yeah so uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about though is um, is that you know. I was concerned when we took Hightower as the new uh, special teams coach because I don't like to see coaches that are in a position a long time with one team and move laterally, uh, which is basically what he did. And, um, you know, I think that it's been a very mixed bag when it comes to special teams. Uh, We've allowed a block punt for a touchdown. Uh, By the way, that kickoff return that Corderell Patterson had, it was their first kickoff return for a touchdown in 12 years. Oh, God. So, you know, um, what was the other big snafu that we had on, on special teams? Uh, I mean, there's been the missed field goals the last yeah. two weeks. You know, um, and, you know, so what did you think about the missed field goal? This week? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I don't think they should. And I'm not talking about being critical of, of, of Santos. I mean, do you think we should have punted there? Yeah, I do. I do too, you know, and, and I think, uh, I think, you know, Santos himself said 58 is my max and that it has to be perfect to be at 58. So I think anything past about 55, they, they really need to be thinking about that. And we would have been in so much better position if they would have punted that ball, punted it deep. Um, and you know, then they, they have to battle their whole way back down the field. Uh, I, I think we go into that half, um, up three. For sure, and I don't know if that's Eberflus or if that's Hightower. You'd hope the two are communicating. You'd hope Eberflus knows that, hey, this is on the outer edge of this guy's range. Right. Probably shouldn't be kicking from there unless it's truly a critical moment, like win or lose the game, right? Right. Yeah, I think the special teams, I mean, it's hard to evaluate because the special teams coach is dealing with the players that are on the bottom of the roster. And when you've got a roster that's as bad as the Bears is, that means you're dealing with a lot of guys that probably aren't really <laughs> NFL players. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I mean, like you said, Hightower, I, I think that I, I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's dealing with just kind of bums, basically. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it, it's definitely been noticeable. I mean, it, One week I was playing for the Bears. The next week I was at Home Depot. It's 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 no. it, it's not a it's not a talent. I like you, you shouldn't be kicking the ball right down the, the middle to Cordero Patterson. Yeah, that was a bad like, idea. I, if you had to think of the best kick returner in football, it's Cordero Patterson. <laughs> so. And now he has the record to prove it. And he and he, he burned the Bears a couple years back too on the same thing where. Yeah. They just kicked it right to him, and he took it to the house, and there were a bunch of missed tackles by guys that aren't in the NFL anymore. So, you know, it's just a thing where special teams, you really only notice it when it's bad because they've kind of taken a lot of opportunities for special teams out of the league. Um, I'm going to reserve judgment until 
they've had a chance to build up this roster a little bit more because it has been bad, but it was probably going to be bad when you just look at who's out there playing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, I, I mean, and, you know, I, I, I certainly, you know, don't want to uh, beat them into submission. You know, it's not – that's not the point. It's just that um, – if I was if I was doing an, you know like a midpoint evaluation, I certainly think that he's the one that has, has had the most rough spots. Um, and you know giving up things like a block punt for a, a touchdown and uh, you know the kicking it to Corderell, those, those are coaching things and I, and I kind of feel like that those are things that you really need to look at and address. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the blocked punt is one thing because <clears throat> Khalil Herbert was in position to block the guy. He just completely whiffed. Whiffed. The, the, the kicking the ball to Patterson, I mean, that's that's a mental mistake, I think. I mean, right. you just got to bomb that ball out of the end zone. or Like, why are you even screwing around with it? Just, <laughs> you, you know, it, it, if Santos can't get it out of the end zone, then maybe Trenton Gill can. But you just can't have stuff like that happen, especially when you're bad as it is and have that that's the type of thing that turns games in the nfl because the games are always so close that when you have mistakes made on the margins that's how you you lose so um i guess that's all i really have in the game unless you had anything else no if you if you had it your way i mean i I think if it's a shoulder dislocation i think fields is not going to play this week would you just shut him down? I think I probably would, honestly. I, I mean, at least until after the bye. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think that's even a question. I, I think you just do it. He, he's the still, we've said it a million times, and we'll say it a million more. He is the most important player. It's not disrespectful to anybody else. The quarterback is the most important player on every NFL team. It's a known fact. And the teams that don't have very good quarterbacks don't ha- usually have very good records. We know that better than anybody. So, yeah, you put him on the sideline at least until after the bye, and then, you know, you decide from there. Just, I, just, I, just give him a break. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, as far as the rest of the season, I, I, to be honest, I don't care whether they play him for the rest of the, for the, rest of the season. But I, at least they put him down for the next few games. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, I, I agree. So um, we will take a quick look at, we don't have power rankings this week uh, because uh, they're not, obviously we have one more game tonight, so they're not out yet. So we'll take. I think the Bears are going to go down. (laughs) (laughs) That's my prediction. So I think they were still at 25. So yeah, they'll probably slip down maybe a little bit. All right. So um, I thought we, you know, we'll, we'll still take a look at next week's games. Um, and, uh, so the bears will be, uh, well, we won't start with the bears. We'll start with, uh, Minnesota or New England at Minnesota. Oh man, the Vikings. Yeah, man, they got destroyed. You know, it's funny. Um, when I was at the bar, I was, uh, we were talking about the game. It was before, um, uh, before the game started. And I was saying to Ryan, I said, you know, Hey, the, the one spot that Dallas might have the edge 
is Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. And man, he was a one man wrecking crew there. Made his presence known from like the first play, basically. That guy is amazing. Yeah, I mean, just best defensive player in football. We need that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we need a guy like him. It's like what I would say about Brian Erlacher. There's nobody like him, right? Right. Like, right. He's, just, he's, he's a monster. He just does everything really, really well. But yeah, the Vikings, I mean, boy, you know, it's only one game, and we, but everybody's kind of been you know questioning whether or not the vikings are for real i mean just to get your ass kicked like that at home you know what it reminded me of remember the year the bears went to the nfc championship game and lost to the packers Mm -hmm. they were like seven and two or something and the patriots came to town and just blew them out oh yeah that's right it was like 40 to nothing at halftime or something yeah it kind of reminded me of that a little bit where it's like all right like they weren't they weren't doing anything right and New England was just unstoppable. Like just dominated and kinda of reminded me of that because at no point did you ever get the sense that the Vikings had a chance to win this game and you know, it, it they've they've got a, a quick turnaround here. We'll see how they re- respond on Thanksgiving. It's not like the Patriots are very good, but yeah, that has to really be a, a damper on the morale of the Vikings just because that was just a complete domination from, Well, from, from and you Jones. look at it. They um, they've played three games against the some of the best teams in the NFL, right? And two of them they got absolutely crushed in, and the other one they won on a freak play, kind of a fluke, yeah. I mean, you know, you just you, you don't win games on the quarterback and the center fumbling the ball in the end zone with forty seconds left. Right. It, it just that's pretty rare. But anyway, uh, matchup predictor. Has Minnesota sixty three percent and uh, New England thirty six percent. You're going up against uh, Mac Jones there with that has four touchdowns and seven picks. Yeah, he's been awful. <laughs> I, I would think that you know though I got to tell you one of the best uh, sleeper picks of uh, for fantasy this year, Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> Man, that guy has been pay cash every single week. It's going to be a really interesting game because it'll be just interesting to see how the Vikings respond. I mean, this is going to be the first time their first-year coach has really had to deal with adversity, I guess. I mean, I guess, like you said, they did lose the game to Philly earlier this year, but that was at least on the road, and it was early on. I mean, getting your ass whipped like that and then having to come back and play four four days later against Bill Belichick, Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be really interesting to see. I don't really have a feeling for the game either way. I know your guy Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, he's he's awesome, and the Vikings don't do great against the run. So you know Belichick's going to want to run the ball. I mean, they're coming off a, a really uninspiring win against the Jets. But yeah, a win is a win, right? So I don't yeah, know. it gets a good team. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so this is interesting. Uh, points per game: uh, New England twenty one point three, Minnesota twenty two point nine. Oh well, that's pretty close. Points allowed. Minnesota, 23.1. New England, 16.9. Yeah, New England's, I mean... They it's pretty stingy. They play defense. They do. Yeah, so, um, you know, that uh, that game might might be closer than we think. Um, it might be just kind of a slog. You know, does Minnesota have a bit of a hangover in that game, maybe? It could be. I mean, we're going we're gonna to find out how they respond. I really have no idea, but... 
I know that I'll be sitting down on Thanksgiving after eating a ton of food and drinking a bunch of beer and and, and watching. So I'm, I'm excited to see. Should we uh, should we do the Packers? Oh no, we I just clicked on the Lions. Oh, the Lions. <laughs> also, also a Thanksgiving Day. Eighteen percent chance. How about how about them? Three wins in a row. Get Three. And Detroit is like, hey, we're on the way back, guys. We 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 believe. I don't know what they believe, but they believe. Keep winning games so that. Questy, or not Questy, keep winning games so that they trade uh, all their draft picks to the Bears. For, <laughs> right. Um, for, for whoever's at the top there. I don't know. I mean, good for them. Three in a row. I think they're going to get killed by the Bills. That's all I got on that one. Yeah, you know, uh, Jared Goff. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so um, I mean, you know, Detroit has to be in the quarterback derby. Uh, there's there's just no no two ways about it. Yeah. They can't go into next year with Jared Goff as their starter. Yes, they do need improvement on other things, but it all starts there, you know. And that we've talked about it on the show. Um, one of the things that's so nice is we don't have to worry about that going into next year. Right. For for the first time in a very long time. We're we're gonna go into next year looking. I mean, to me, since since 2019, when we went into 2019 and it looked like, hey, Trubisky had a pretty good year last year. Um, you know, he he could he could legitimately be our guy, and then it was a total disaster. <laughs> yeah. But um, but anyway, they're 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 stepping up to the to the to the pipe again to see what uh, you know is that gonna be um, uh, is it you know gonna be. The, the kid from uh, Alabama, the kid from Ohio State, or the kid from Kentucky, or the kid, I don't know, is the kid from, is the hooker from Tennessee coming out? Uh, I don't know, and I think he just tore his ACL. Oh, really? That's, wow. That's I, I, a bummer. Yeah, I don't think he was going to be a first round pick anyway. But anyway, you know, so any, there's a there's a cluster of them right there at the top, uh, which is good for us because that means that um, that leaves uh, one more of the uh, other positions available to us. So, Absolutely. yeah, I mean, uh, the Bills are probably going to crush them. Um, but I don't know. The Lions could put up some points. The Lions always seem to at least hang around on Thanksgiving. Yeah, they... I mean, uh, normally they're playing, like, the Bears, who are bad. I know. But... <laughs> I'm glad we're not playing on Thanksgiving again. Cheers to that, by the way. Yes. The, the Bear, don't have to worry about the Bears on our Thanksgiving. Oh, which, by the way, if we weren't thought to be terrible before the year, we probably would be playing on Thanksgiving. So, yep. uh, okay, so let's head over to Philadelphia. Um, where, uh, hopefully the Packers just all die. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the Packers, uh, boy, did, did, did we record last week after they played? No, we recorded before they lost to right. the Titans, so, you know, ha-ha again. <laughs> I mean, just, how about that? Imagine that. Ima- <laughs> ima- imagine needing a win at home and allowing Ryan Tannehill to come in and put up 27 points on you. It just... Um, the de- he, defense looked awful. Rodgers, that might have been the worst game Rodgers has ever played. Not to mention he looked like an idiot. He always does. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, they're pretty... I mean, that pretty much seals their fate. We'll see. I mean, they basically have 10 days to get ready to go to Philly. Philly's looked pretty bad over the last couple games. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see if Green Bay has anything left or if they're just in full-on tank mode now after dropping that game to Tennessee because they're not going to the playoffs. They just 
continue to be a disappointment and we'll see how motivated Rodgers and the rest of that group is because that was a pretty uninspiring performance on Thursday night. It, it really was. And, you know, this, uh, this team, um, you just wonder, well, the, the, they do have a bright spot in Christian Watson and he's, he's looking pretty good. Two more touchdowns, right? Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly a big mismatch in talent uh, and um, and play, and not to mention just overall attitude. Uh, Pertz is looking just un- practically unbeatable right now, uh, and he, um, you know, they so they they had the one slip up. You know, they're not going, uh, they're not going undefeated, but they're still arguably the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, they didn't look great this this week at Indy, but it's tough to win on the road in the NFL. And, and they did. They did, exactly. So. I mean, you know, that's, you know, there isn't an almost column. There's a win and a loss and, uh, and a tie. Yeah. And <laughs> how is there still a tie in the NFL? I mean, you, that just makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, but, you, just, you, take your, you take your road win and you, uh, just yeah, just take it to the bank, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, that... That will uh, that will probably um, no that one could be over in the first quarter. Uh, so and then you know uh, against Jets, uh, so J E T S Jets Jets Jets, um, not looking too good. The Jets, oh man, the Jets are, are hilarious. It's just like if you had said like what team is like going to overachieve expectations by any any measure be. Competing for a playoff spot and also simultaneously just be completely dysfunctional. And uh, I mean, the Jets just always just find a way to just make themselves look stupid. It's kind of like the Bears. I, I, I will give them credit. Usually, now my go to answer for that is the Texans. <laughs> but the Texans weren't, aren't good. Like, the Jets are good. And they, they, the Jets are good. They still just can't get out of their own way. So. Obviously, a couple of weeks back, the Jets were looking really strong, and then they lost two in a row to the Patriots, who they always lose to, including this week where they're off. I mean, the thing with the Jets is they've got a, a really good defense. It's one of the best in the league. Their offense is as bad as anything we've seen in Chicago. Yep. That includes, I mean, if you want to go to Nick Foles or Caleb Haney or whoever else you could list off, it's that bad up there. Yeah. And, now everybody Zach Wilson, not and, good. And, and, uh, terrible, and now everyone's mad at him because of the way he was answering questions. And I heard just before we started recording that Robert Sala said that Zach Wilson might not even start this week now against the Bears. So, really, it, it'll be. I mean, so it's tough to really talk about this game without knowing who's going to be playing quarterback for the Bears. I don't know who, if it matters who's playing for the Jets. Their offense sucks. So <laughs> obviously, if if it's I guess maybe we'll start here. The The Jets' offense is not going to put up a ton of points this week. As bad as the Bears' defense is, the Jets' offense is brutal. They're going to score. The Bears aren't going to shut them out. But I wouldn't expect that the Jets score much more than, than 20 points in this game. So if the They're Bears, average, 19.9. And that's actually higher than I would have guessed. Um, <laughs> if... if so if the Bears have Fields, and he's reasonably himself, could the Bears outscore the Jets here? Even though the Jets have an awesome defense, yeah, maybe we'll see. Fields has looked pretty good, even against really good defenses. 
if it's Trevor Simeon, I don't know how the Bears score. Yeah. Against this defense. So And what, it it needs to be it's gonna be Trevor it Simeon. Probably will. Uh, there's no way it it, it 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 would be absolutely insane. I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. It would be insane to put fields out there this week because it means nothing exactly call it what it is it's a meaningless game for the bears yeah so why risk the health of your quarterback that you're hoping to build around for a decade yeah to play in this game no i mean it just it, it makes zero sense um, so if it's simeon then this could be a real real ugly one because both offenses are going to be terrible I think the G- the Jets defense is obviously way better than the the Bears defense. So that would be the difference. The, exactly, the Jets might win like sixteen to three or something. <laughs> the the spread is uh, Jets by four and a half, and uh, which means it's probably five in the in the shops. Uh, matchup predictor: Jets seventy point seven percent, Bears twenty nine percent. It's just how are the how are the Bears going to score? I mean, if if the Jets get the ten, that's all it's going to take, and with this Bears defense, they're going to find a way to get to 10. Or with special teams. Or the Jets defense might just score two touchdowns. I mean, if it's Simeon, even though I don't think Simeon's bad. I mean, I think he's fine. But just with the talent that's going to be around him, it, it's going to be an ugly one. Maybe the Bears will just pound the ball on the ground and just try to control the clock and just try to keep it close. And maybe they get lucky on a turnover or something like that but i I think it's just gonna be an ugly game i think the bears are gonna lose assuming fields doesn't play which i don't think he will yeah agreed um it's probably gonna be a slog fest it's probably gonna be a pretty boring game actually you know what the weather is gonna be like in the meadowlands no um it 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 looks like i'm guessing it'll probably be pretty chilly but uh yeah you know uh, it's 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 going to be pretty uninspired. What, what, what will be fun is like if the Bears can go out and if it is Wilson and the Bears can go out and get a couple of stops, just just hearing how that crowd reacts to <laughs> Zach Wilson. I mean, if there's especially one, if they get like a pick, yeah, say in the first quarter. If there's one thing I know about New York fans, it's that they're really rational and that they never overreact <laughs> to right. poor performances by right. their, their teams. Right. So that'll be entertaining. But yeah, I mean, it's. If if Fields isn't going to play, then all of the excitement around this team goes away, and it's just basically let's just get through these last six games without anybody getting seriously injured. <laughs> yeah, and you know this, uh, it's all part of the evaluation process, and you know that's what we're going to see as it goes as it goes along. Um, but yeah, you, you don't put Fields back out there and, uh, until he is like feeling pristine, Unless- and probably. Like I said, probably, probably the best bet is just to, if he's going to come back, he comes back after the bye. And that's fine. I mean, he's taken a pounding. He's done all he needs to do. Give him some time off. Let him heal up. If he wants to come back and play the last four games, then great because more practice doesn't hurt. Right. But it's not anything to force the issue on. These games don't matter anymore anyway. And, you know, the, the, those games at the end are divisional. So if you want to, if, if actually, if we want him to play, I would rather see him play those games, the, the divisional games, because the thing is, is they might not mean anything as far as our overall win total. They're still delicious if we win. <laughs> you, never, you never want to lose games in the division. Right. I was really hoping that uh, the, the, the next week's game against Green Bay at Soldier, I was hoping that Fields would play and that 
they would win. Yeah. And then that could kind of be like... Me too. That that would have been like kind of the exercising of the demons type And of thing. then give the uppercut to the Vikings in the last game of the season. But I don't think Fields is going to play now, and I think that the Packers probably will win. Unless Aaron Rodgers just like legit like quits, which is, is on the table here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for, for us this week, uh, Bears fans. Uh, and... Uh, We'll see you on the flip side. Bear down. Before signing off, just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, of course. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to us. We're thankful to everybody that listens. And, hey, we don't have a Bears game to ruin our Thanksgiving. (laughs) So enjoy it, and we'll talk to you after the holidays. Bear down.